Hello. Welcome again to um, Alcoholics Unanimous. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm an alcoholic. This is the third episode um, in the podcast. Um, so thank you for, for tuning back in. Um, this episode I kind of wanted to... Uh, it's actually brought to my attention that my story wasn't really known, which... Um, yeah, I haven't really talked about it in depth of why I got to where I got to, which would probably be helpful in explaining how I got past that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to bring that kind of into light and um, explore that um, aspect of like my journey, I guess, the, 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 the part that got me to the, the rock bottom and then the part that shot me past it, I guess. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to... Um, do with this podcast in the first place was talk about that stuff um, so that maybe subconsciously some things could come together so I mean I think probably that's what a big part of this is um, is is that aspect for me and, and kind of uh, I don't know talking my way through it um, just like anything else but um, yeah so I mean that a lot of people that that even know me know I've changed a lot for the better, um, but they might not know the exact specifics of how I got there. There's a few of you, and you know who you are, but they're, I mean, basically, surface level, if you kind of knew me, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Josh was kind of liked to party, oh, Josh went to rehab. Oh, Josh is doing good. That's probably all you would know. Um, and, you know, that's probably all all you would need to know. So all you should really care about. But, I mean, it's just not something that I would kind of bring up the specifics of. Um, you know, it's not like something I just, I need to talk about any like every day anyways and go into these conversations with my friends about it um because i'm not solely you know i'm li also living my life i want to move forward as much as i want to look at the past and um try to make sense of those pieces but you know that painting's already been painted so the only thing you can really do is is look at it from time to time and enjoy it but um you know you could do your analyzations and and look at to your uh your actions and why you did certain things. Um, and, and a lot of people will have hindsight 2020, which, um, you know, is, is, is good, um, because that's how you know you're learning and you can look back and be like, Oh, I was so stupid then. But so what is that? And what is he implying with that statement? Uh, that you're, you're smarter now. And it, you should be. You shouldn't be dumber than you were yesterday. Or the, I'll give you two days. You shouldn't be dumber than you were two days ago. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, I want I, I want to get into that too for myself and go back and kind of look at why why I got to where I did. Um. So yeah. I mean, my uh, my parents are not you know, drinkers or 
drug users at all. Seen my my dad drink a uh, maybe five times in my life, and it was always Mike's hard limeade. Where I know Fosters, so I'm drinking Fosters. I don't know why I like Fosters. Um, and my mom would have a rum and coke every five years, maybe, and then act all ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so they didn't, yeah, they didn't use any any drugs or alcohol and um, just really didn't get into it really ever. Um, so it wasn't part of their life. Um, and so m- me, on the other hand, um, yeah, I mean, I was raised like that, but I was always curious with it. Um, you know, always interested in that that side. Like, oh, that looks fun. People look like they're having fun, and um, and so I was always, you know, curious about it. You know, what was going on exactly? But I was interested. Um, but yeah, I mean, the gene that they call it definitely runs in my family. Um, there are, you know, there's there's. I'm not going to name anybody, obviously, but there's just people on, on both sides that have gone through their stuff just like, just like I have and you know, gotten through it um, for better or for worse, but uh, we all have our own journey. So, um, yeah, I think I had kind of just a genetic predisposition, and um, I guess I should probably clarify what that, that it really is. Um, what it's been described to to me is you have a gene that is more susceptible to an addiction and basically when that when that gets triggered and it turns on for the first time and you get your addiction that's it you have an addictive gene and you always will um, to that to that thing so when people say that like it's a genetic thing, it truly is, and there's studies and stuff about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> an addict can go their whole life not really, uh, not not being addicted to anything chemically, um, but they'll still have those tendencies, of course, you know, throughout their life. But they usually can do it to healthy things. Like I would argue, a lot of a highly expert like any expert in any field is probably an addict of a book but they're just an addict about that like if somebody is excuse me if somebody is not nasa for example take an an engineer um somebody's i don't know trying to figure out a, a, a quicker cleaner more efficient way to transfer fuel in a rocket from um, from the storing bay to the to the thrusters. Those are all r- real words, but who knows if those are right? But um, they're if they love their job, you know, I would imagine that somebody that's into that would be very kind of curious, open-minded, and want to pursue something 
like that and and, and just kind of get infatuated by it and get just get dug in and and uh, probably alf- athletes too and even more so because they get that physical dopamine release from doing the running and, and jumping adrenaline rush and uh, pressure and all that that stuff that they thrive on and which is really cool to really cool to see somebody use it for good and which is something i think i've picked up on the last uh 10 months or so less than 10 months don't want to give myself that um oh i'm almost at 300 days a couple days away i don't want to jinx it but you know god willing um fuck that's crazy 300 days God willing, of course. <clears throat> also, Josh willing. You know, I can. I have faith in myself not to drink. So, I think that's okay. You can have faith in yourself. And that's a tricky one. People challenge me for that, but. Um, nah, you gotta give yourself some props. Don't ever sell yourself short. You know, look at where you came from. And I'm going to explain to you where I came from. So, yeah, I mean, my growing up, my childhood was, um, I don't know, it was, it was uh, different. I was, I, I guess I didn't, I was always doing something. I was always... Um, I was always playing baseball or uh, basketball. I was in martial arts for 15 years, long, long time. Um, you know, I, I played baseball ver- basically year round for 10, 12 years too. So I mean, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like I had a lot of free time um, between homework and school and after school stuff, and I just didn't really have time to like hang out and kind of be a kid for a lot of, a lot of things. I was just you know always kind of going, and that was my mentality was like grind harder than everybody else um, because. You need to earn everything, and it's a beautiful sentiment. But it was drilled into me very, very young age, and you know when you're young and you think that's how life is, just kind of your brain just molds around that, and so you start you start living this life I, that I was like, oh, okay, yeah. You, um, you know, work harder than everybody else. Things will work out for you because people will see that you're working hard, which that's not true at all. That's why I say kind of sometimes you got to be like, yeah, I, I did that. Look somebody in the eyes and be like, I did that. I got sober. I did that. So that's why I say you should have some 
give yourself some props, man. Like, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was like instilled in me that that mindset, yeah, and that's a good that's a good mindset to have, but it's just not necessarily real. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up, um, also my our relationship is good now, but our relationship is really good now. We're certainly like really good friends, and we talk all the time. And we've gotten past a lot of this, and I don't think we even need to. Uh, necessarily you know dive into it but just to give some perspective um you know, growing up my dad was very strict um and very e- expected a lot out of me and then I think he also expected myself to expect a lot out of me um and so Oftentimes we didn't see eye to eye. Um, it caused like caused some strifes um, with us because he he didn't understand my mentality, and I didn't understand his. And so we you know butted heads. It's kind of a father father son thing, but I mean it was it was strict, and from a young age it was really strict. So I don't know. I just remember being in fear a lot and not wanting to get in trouble, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm sure that kind of like, I mean, if if you feel like you're in fear all the time and, and all that shit, like, even if it's like that childhood, like on edge fear where you're making a bigger deal of it than it is, it's probably what, you know, fuck, you remember those movies you watched as a kid? Like, like Jumanji scared the shit out of me. When the kid starts turning to the monkey, that used to freak me out. And those big ass hornets, oh, and the vines, oh. But yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, that's like, that's all you know. And of course, now it's just part of growing up. You get calloused by life and good ways and bad, but, um, I don't know, um, I think it just kind of, you know, that's probably some of my fault too for maybe not analyzing the world as much as I should have, um, and just kind of taking it from face value, that's not what it is, it's not, nothing is ever as it seems, um, no matter how obvious or blatant the perceived object is there's always something going on you know um, even on a metaphysical level it's uh, crazy but anyways um, turn this up a little bit so yeah I think I had this kind of weird expectation of like how things would work out and I remember I remember growing up too I never felt like I, f- I ever really fit in if any I mean people that do know me know me as a pretty like an oddball you know Josh just oh it's, it's just Josh what are you talking about you know what I'm saying oh Josh fucking guy funny guy um 
so yeah it was kind of like that but in like a negative way um growing up i always saw it as weird i was always concerned with being um I had this conversation with my dad too he he said that i was always concerned with being normal i'd have like a thought or something or i don't know whatever man i'd ask my dad i was like is that normal i was always thinking like is that normal it's just what everyone else thinks like i was always like what the fuck am i the only one that thinks like this for everything and and well also now i know that's true actually like legitimately i am the only person that thinks like this because i'm i'm the only me you know even across the uh, multiverse i challenge all me's come at me me Come on. <laughs> um, oh my God, that was stupid. I'm so sorry. <sighs> but yeah, anyways. So I always used to think like, are my is is what I'm my normal? That's why I was very always concerned with that. And. Um, which is weird for a little kid to be worried about that. Is this normal? Which I guess is kind of a red flag. <laughs> hey, is what I'm feeling normal? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Figured that one out. But no, it's not that simple, right? Obviously, uh, you know, there was something kind of weird. Um, about the way I thought and interacted and stuff. And I, I really remember treating growing up, like once I figured out that, I, once, once it clicked that I was just, I was like, oh, there's something weird about me. Then it's, then I started figuring out how to talk to people. And that actually didn't happen until I started drinking, which is, well, I'll get into that too. But um, yeah, I kind of like, I had to teach myself like how to be social and 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 I was conscious about it um you know when I hit that point and that was yeah again that was through the drinking but yeah growing up I was always like super quiet super shy um but the people that did know me thought I was you know very funny and just you know odd just the odd guy and um or maybe I'm putting that on myself. I don't know, because I felt weird. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I remember experiencing pretty heavy depression as a, um, as a kid. And I didn't really know what, what that word ultimately meant. Um at the time, but I did know I was, I know now that I was feeling it then. Um, it was something, it's like a, it's like this weird dark, like shadow. I saw this one animation um, for one of these, one of these bipolar medications online. And, um, online fucking, this was years ago. This was like when I, when I was watching TV that one time. Um, and it came on, it was like this, just like this little, this little black blob 
like just kind of amorphous black hole, dark energy material. And like on this girl's shoulder, some days it's like small. And she goes, it's going about a day. Some days it's a little bit bigger. And she's like, hmm. And then some days it was just like, where she was like crawling from it. And it was really accurate to how it feels inside. Um, and, you know, later on I, do, I learned that I am bipolar and that this medication does help. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know at the time. That's, that's kind of what I was going through for, for years, for years. Um, um, and I would say that probably that kind of started when I was... I think probably when puberty hit, man, I started changing. Got them little, you know, them little hairs going down there. Um, and yeah, your body starts changing. The your hormones and levels are are rearranging. Your body's um, beginning to uh, <laughs> ripen, I guess. And um, so. That's kind of when things started getting kind of bad. Um, probably right around 12, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there is when it started. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I would say probably started around 11, yeah. And so um, I got, yeah, I got to this like weird point where I just was like, uh, I'm, you know, Nothing, nothing matters. None of this matters. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. No one likes me. Blah 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 blah. Um, telling myself the story in my head of somebody I'm not. I wasn't in the end because if you asked probably anybody that knew me, I'm sure they would have been like, "Oh yeah, he's cool. He's cool." But he's like, "Yeah, quiet, whatever." But um. Yeah, so <laughs> I was going through that um, from like 11 or so, and then it hit again pretty hard. I remember in like my sophomore year of high school, uh, that was probably where the biggest depression hit. No, 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 that was second biggest depression. Um, and then actually my junior and senior year were pretty good. Um, considering where I was. And I don't know, I guess if you're bipolar and you don't know it, you're not paying attention to the good, the A and B cycle. You're just paying really attention to the the B cycle, which is the the negative part, the, the, the bad, the depressing, and the A cycle being the kind of the manic high and that, that uh, weird euphoria you just kind of feel. Um, so similar to that, it's like a negative feeling like that. It's the B side is like this. Imagine, I guess it would be like a dysto like, I don't know, dystopia instead of euphoria. So it's this dystopic feeling. Fucking if that's not a word, I just made it. So everybody can just take it to the bunk. So Webster, um... You nerd. <laughs> yeah, you fucking nerd. Why would you want to put words all together? Well, what we need 
is all the words. Imagine if we had all the words. And their definition. And an example of a usage in a sentence. Why don't we add the etymology roots? I'm sorry. There's a lot of noise going on outside, so I didn't want to say anything serious. So I did a voice. And see, that like that would be part of, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a, see, Josh would do that. He, yeah, things got a little weird, so he made a funny noise. And usually it's pretty funny. I make good funny noises. Like it goes back to being a silly goose. You got to be a silly goose sometimes and just, you know, love it. Just be a silly goose. Because why not, man? Who cares? Just be a silly goose. You're going to love yourself so much more. The silly goose moments are the best. We have a silly goose like moment. A silly goose moment is like... You know when Plankton in Spongebob, he's like, F is for fire, burn down the whole town. U is for uranium bombs. N is for no survivors. And he goes, no, that's not what it is. Plankton, it's not about destruction. It's about F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. And is for anywhere and anytime at all down here in the deep blue sea. What they don't say about that song is you could do that on the land as well. And I think I think that got lost in the translation for other people as opposed to where I got that. I'm like, oh, that applies to land. And I think that was the purpose of Sandy. Was like, yo, she's from the land though. She's from Texas. First of all, she real. She's from Texas. All right. That's fuck. I would choose somebody from Texas. You gonna send somebody to Mars? You gonna sh- who you gonna sh- Texas? I'm, I would. I wish we could. Ah, no, we can't do that. Then we'd lose Texas. Hmm. Well, can't throw. You can't send Texas around in space as like a spaceship. Because then, what would we do here? But anyways, the point of that is Plankton goes from being this senile, terrible person and he gets to this moment where he even goes, he goes, what's this feeling? He's like, there's there's something wrong with me? It's like, it just feels like happiness. (laughs) Or he feels like all warm and fuzzy. And SpongeBob's like, that's how you're supposed to feel. And that actually really resonated with me because I know that fucking scene verbatim. Not really verbatim, but I remember the the important concepts of it, which was just be happy um, and be a silly goose because if if there's a, a moment where it's okay to be a silly goose, I think you should always be a silly goose. If it's not okay to be a silly goose. Oh man, I got off on the silly goose. But yeah, I uh, 
yeah, I would have these moments um, where I would I would kind of I'd go from like the manic or sorry the super depressed, really crazy times like I had when I was a um, when I was a sophomore, and then like junior junior senior year really were a lot better. Didn't even think about it. Um, actually, that was the how I got off on that. <clears throat> it's something um, that I actually learned now to appreciate. But um, a lot of the stuff when you're when you don't realize you have like something wrong with the way that your body deals with things, as opposed to the average on a sample size strictly. Um, basis, you know, chemical-wise, scientifically, things like that. If you don't know you have that wrong with you, you're not paying attention to it, and so you're not taking inventory of how you feel at any present moment, how you feel after something happens, um, registering why you felt that connecting the two dots basically of what happened and here you are with your feelings and really that kind of just builds after time of focusing on it which is what you do in rehab and really just in AA in, gen in general and in recovery and taking inventory all you should just always be tapping in with yourself as addicts what did we do we reached for the glass every Every time, every couple minutes, we reached for the drug of our, our choice or every whatever, whatever it was. You were just, you kept the habit, right? So at those, instead of doing those physical habits, you know, make a mental habit and, and do that instead and check, check yourself, see how you feel. Um, and you don't have to be an addict to do this. I think everyone should do this. You just kind of sit with, with, with your feelings. If you feel angry, feel angry. If you feel upset, feel upset you can take it you can tap you can definitely take it but feel feel where it's coming from don't react right away if you don't have to you know obviously if it's life-threatening go to sleep um but you know if you don't have to react then don't Sit with it. That one little beat, that one breath, something happens, you initially you feel that swell. Just recognize that. Catch, see the wave coming like a surfer. This is where you go to surf mode. You feel that wave coming. You see it. Okay, start paddling a little bit. Here it comes, here it comes. Waves crashing. Okay, felt that moment. I wrote it out. That was a tight one. It was in that, that barrel, real tight. But I made it out, right? That's how it feels to me. Where it's like, and then you almost get to like, look at it afterwards, a different perspective. You're not initially angry. You're now inquisitive. You're now, you're now interested in why you feel why, the way you feel instead of, instead of I just feel this way. Because what do people do? And they make, make it, you know, mistakes in uh, thinking everyone knows what they're feeling and thinking, right? You got to, 
if you don't know where you're at, if you don't know how you feel and what's making you tick, how is anybody else really to know unless they just spent so much time with you that they could really pay attention to you? And, you know, some of us are lucky enough to have friends like that, which I am. Shout out to y'all. Um, that can, like, like, look at me and be like, yo, you do this. You're too much in your head. Like, but this is what you do. And it is super cool to have that. I mean, you know, shout out to, shout out to, uh, shout out to my homies that, and my friends that are there for me, you know. Y'all know who you are. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one way to, to, to at least recognize the way that you feel and why you feel the way that you feel. I think that is ultimately the most important thing. If you don't know how and understand how you feel and what made you feel that way, then when you have no, you're, you're lost. You're, you, you don't know what's going on with you. And, you know, I truly believe that. I think, um, I think you need to take inventory of yourself every, really all the time. I think moment by moment you should be taking inventory um, and kind of, you know, don't get freaking crazy with it. Don't have to walk over the cracks, you know, don't be that OCD about it. But, I mean, take some time to actively do it, you know. And take that time to, I like to, I like to, bring it to this metaphor it's like when you're driving and you need to get somewhere um like okay it's gonna take us 10 minutes to get there let's leave 15 minutes uh let's leave 20 minutes early and that way we'll be there on time we need to definitely be there on time today and so you go you start catching uh, catch your first red light first light you go through ah no big deal and when you know, go through a cycle and then green screen oh fuck it's yellow shit I'm not gonna make it red second light right sitting there goes through all the cycles okay your turn finally third light and you're like fuck three in a fucking row and they all turn yellow while you're the first car coming up to it right now, you, now, you're, getting, now you're gonna be late now you're stressing now your day's ruined because of that right but let's say you need to be there in 10 minutes. No, you, it'll take 10 minutes to get there. You need to be there in, in 20 minutes. So you drive. You get every green light you can imagine. Breeze on through. Um, and you get there in nine minutes. You don't even think about that, do you? That doesn't even register doesn't get implemented into your brain as something that you should remember. And it's really not your fault because it is something we're not wired to do. If on our, in our animalistic nature, we remember the bad things so well because those things caused us pain, whether it be emotional, mental, um, physical, anything. We remember those moments um, because our body's telling us, stay away from that. 
um, that gave you pain, don't go, go, don't go buy that again. Don't go, don't associate with that again. So your body is taking these notes and these memories on things like, stay away from that, oh, that hurt me. Stay away from that, that hurt me. But it doesn't really register like the things that make you kind of happy and, and the things that that tick you in a good way, the things that make you smirk a little bit. You know, when somebody, I don't know, just somebody says, if I hear, <laughs> I don't know, if I hear like just out in the random, out in the wild, if I hear somebody go, sorry, I just go, <laughs> I just I, li- I like it. It sounds nice. So and I recognize that because I caught myself. I I was, like, I was like I like that when someone says sorry. And uh, it's nothing. It's just it makes me smirk. And so when you're getting those green lights and you're going through, it's what you you don't nothing. There was no stress caused to you in that moment, so you don't need to remember it. So that's why I think it's important to ultimately um, do a lot of inventory when you're happy and when you feel good. A lot of people are just like, God, don't focus on the on the feeling. I mean, don't focus on the on what you know the explanation and the words. Just you know, focus on the moment. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But you gotta you gotta have some basis of reality and be able to tether yourself to something. Otherwise, you're just gonna be in in Elon's roadster out there. It's gonna miss Mars wherever it's going, but not Mars. Um Yeah, so it's a weird noise. Um but yeah you gotta tether yourself to you gotta tether yourself to some sort of reality and and at least have an idea. That's why I, I think it's good to do it when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're happy, when you're excited, when you're um, neutral, complacent, empathetic, sympathetic, even hateful, if there is that in you. Sit with that. Feel why you feel the way you feel. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, you don't know when you're in those states that, like, you you have this, this chemical imbalance that's making you feel good and then bad. And it's just human nature to not remember the good if you're not really cognizant of that um so so yeah I didn't you know when the depression hit it's what's like the hardest thing was like trying to click myself over to realizing oh there's a lot of great things about what's going on here but yeah junior senior year really good for me and then And then after that, um, senior year had kind of a bunch of things kind of happened to me that weren't what I expected from the hard work that I had put in 
um, for all those years and the effort I put in for other people thinking it would have got returned as like I thought it was just a normal social barter system it made sense to me right be nice to somebody so that they will be either nice to you back or nice to somebody else that's kind of how it went like well this is easy A plus B equals C be nice you know and they'll be nice and everyone will be nice no but it's a beautiful sentiment and I respect my younger self for being so naive (laughs) but um, yeah a lot of things kind of just ended up falling apart at the time and went through a really bad breakup then too Um, with this girl that I was really 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 um, I just really liked her Um, and it was at that time you know just turning around that age 18 and stuff and so moving on everyone's moving on to college and all that kind of stuff so just those big there's like a big life moment and kind of everything that I had from about one week to another really two weeks to another everything was good going as planned and everything wasn't um uh, our uh, team, our baseball team, got disqualified from the uh, what is it called? Uh, C- CCS. Um, we were we we had won the quarterfinal game, and then um, and then and then they disqualified us. Because we broke a stupid rule that doesn't even make sense. I'm not gonna go into it. Um, so that was cut short. Um, didn't you know? I didn't get a you know. Leading up to that, didn't get a lot of didn't get any offers to go anywhere actually. Um, which I was you know at least one. There was some talks, but at least one. Um, so yeah, I ended up going to you know, junior college for stuff like that, but so that didn't work out very well. Um, me just kind of detaching from my friend group, um, and honestly, like I had I had switched from that school. I was in public school in Hollister for the longest time, and then I switched over to this private school in um, Watsonville for for a while. Um, for the well, after I guess halfway through my freshman year when I switched over there so like I kind of had to like make a whole bunch of new friends which I did over the course of the next three and a half years and it took me a while but then when I got to that then boom then we moved on again so um I think I ended up picking a junior college that a lot of my um my schoolmates from the year before that were the graduating class above me, I ended up going there because I knew a bunch of them, and I wanted to play baseball with people that I knew because I didn't want to make new friends again because that is it's you know it's tough, um, especially when you are just at that age and you know things are changing and everything's. You know, I felt pretty alone through a lot of these parts. It was like I just felt like oh I'm the new person here and the gotta start over here and you know I don't really like starting over 
but you know sometimes you gotta do it but i don't it's it's kind of tough um going up through that i mean i kept a lot of friends i know a lot of people from you know both sides of it but or both schools and, and both school systems but um yeah so that was you know that was tough having to say goodbye to all my friends and you know they all had cool shit going on and instead of me going to a four years going to play at a junior college that um even that was like uh at the tryouts it's like still tryouts right like you just you still got to do that but you know it's like talk to the coach and a little bit and that's it that's the gist of uh junior college interest um so that didn't work out um and so uh, yeah that's when i started actually smoking a bunch of weed um was during that time um i mean a lot of weed pretty much all day every day um and i did that because i just didn't like it really boiled down to i just was not i didn't like how i felt it got to the point where i was so out of control with my emotions so out of control with the inside part of me I was so concerned with what was going on around me the outside of me even my appearance what i look like um all that kind of stuff was like more important um than what's going on in my head and with my emotions and stuff um So, uh, yeah, I got high instead and just as a numbing agent, which is, you know, what alcohol took over for that um, down the road. But, yeah, I smoked a lot of weed then and I was just massively depressed and just thoughts of suicide all the time. Excuse me, thoughts of suicide all the time. Um, just hoping that, like, on the freeway, someone would just take me out. You know, just I was I wanted to die, but I was too too afraid and too probably ashamed to actually kill myself. Um, and I've, I've written a song about it, but I couldn't really, on a selfish level, I guess, it's my own selfishness that made me think this but I, I couldn't let I couldn't let my family I couldn't let my family off like that I couldn't do that to them to leave them wondering the rest of their lives where they messed up when instead it was where I was messing up and I just didn't know it. So selfishly, I mean, it's a big reason why I stayed alive was um, so that my family didn't have to explain that to themselves and that that didn't have to become a reality for them. So that's what kept me alive, was that one last shred of humanity that was still in me 
and that stayed throughout my whole addiction um, and usage phase. I just kind of was like that all the time. Just didn't want to feel, so I numbed myself away, and was too scared to too scared to kill myself. Um, so yeah. Um, and then kind of after that, it was just like calm, kind of just downhill from there. Um, kind of st- just stopped giving up in school. I mean, started giving up in school. I, I stopped trying. Um, st- started dropping out of classes all the time in junior college just to go get high, sit in my car, listen to music. I did a lot of reading too, like read books and stuff while I was getting high. Um, so I ditched class and stuff. And then so I ended up failing out of this second junior college I transferred to. um, So I couldn't play on the baseball team. So then now I had free time. um, So I decided to start working full time. And now I have money to to get more weed and and to buy alcohol and go out now. I'm over 21 now and I can can do all that stuff. So Um, I just started working so I could just fuel my day-to-day kind of, you know, drugging and using. Um, so, yeah, failed out of junior college. Started working for a, a while, full-time. Um, and then I, yeah, after about a year transferred, I guess not transferred, started out at a um, private, uh, it was like a private uh, trade art school. Um, I will not say the name because I was not happy with them. Um, Everything you need to learn is on YouTube. If you want, if you're like, I want to go to school for something, Watch everything you can on YouTube first and then ask yourself that question. Straight up. I should have done that. But they should just let you do that. They should have just like specific thing. Just watch YouTube videos on different careers and like the coolest shit that you could do so people can actually see what the fuck is out there. Go to YouTube. If you want to go to school for something, go to YouTube and learn everything you can first and then ask yourself that question. Um... Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Start. Went back to school, um, and I thought I was on the right path. It was for uh, went for audio engineering, sound engineering, and at this time is kind of when I started really developing my my drinking habit because I was going to school. Um, and I actually qualified for a grant because of like stuff I had turned in as my portfolio. It's like, I, I mean, I guess it was a scholarship thing, but so I was getting like, you know, rent free and stuff. Um, so that part was cool. But other than that, the school fucking sucked. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that also added to what my frustration with. I thought I'd make the right choice. I thought this was like my, this was my thing. I was going to do that, and um, no. So another another blow. But yeah, during this time is when I really got bad with the drinking. Um, I would say I probably. I just started it like, I was like one day just, well, let me have a little bit, have a couple of drinks while I'm sitting here playing video games. It's like a, a really nice Thursday or something. Okay, have a morning drink. And you know, go and have a drink and play video games and go about my day. Come back and drink more that, that night with my friends or whatever. And that was like all really I needed was that kind of oh I can drink before I do stuff like fuck it so I started drinking a lot and just I'd wake up and pretty much you know go smoke my cigarette uh, do my thing start and then start drinking and then uh, you know it just got worse and worse over time started drinking more and more. Um, started started getting like really drunk before class, you know, bringing the bottle to school, you know, drinking there, smoking there, like just getting, I was just like, I was literally like just fucked up all the time and still not fucked up enough. And that was my problem. Actually, that was, yeah, I kind of nailed it there. I was perpetually just fucked up and not fucked up enough. So that's what fueled the addiction spiral, that negative feedback, um, a negative loop that you get stuck in. That started happening to me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, um, it's definitely something that I needed to. I don't know if how else I would have learned any of this, honestly, if I didn't go through something like that. Um, because for me, over time, it's like my head was like this crazy, like pendulum swinging back and forth, and that's where my mentality was, and I was all over the place, and then it kind of slowed down over time, and now it's kind of steady. Um, a steady uh, ring and then um, yeah um, so I mean it just got really bad um, kept drinking more I was just massively depressed from heartbreak from things not working out um, for something that I've worked so hard for you know, some secondary and tertiary things not working out um, either. Uh, that being like girlfriend stuff and, you know, just friends and, and in that area, like social life. And so um, I, it was like I had a friend I could drink and, my, it would just go away, that feeling, I just 
hate I hated myself so much, like really hated myself. And it's so stupid because I would say like these terrible things to myself in my head that I really believed. Like I was like fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. I'd look at myself in the mirror like fuck you. That was really how I felt. Um so imagine those three that combination. You want to, you hate yourself so much that you want to kill yourself. But you're too afraid to die because you still care enough about others to not cause them pain. So I was just like trapped in this triangle of of just craziness and you know, got to got to shout out that side of me that was pretty was on the ball about it and still hung true to myself. Um, But yeah, just was lonely. And um, drinking filled that void that was empty um, inside me. And as temporary as it was, I could always buy more. Um, It's, uh, you know, the most prevalent drug in the world. It is a drug. Fucking at me, I dare you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just always, I could always re-up, always re-up, and I always did, because why wouldn't I? Gave me what I was looking for, which was, um, a little bit of, a little bit of dullness around the edges, um, a little loss of self-control, inebriations, um, I also figured... I've lived my whole life up to this point um, pretty much sober because I was working hard at at something Um, and then that didn't work out so let me try this way and oh this is more way more fun what am I doing Uh, what have I been doing dude this is stupid let me try this way and so I did that and um, yeah it was just it was just a tough time for um, for me I wasn't really processing things the way I should be, um, as I am now. So yeah, just got worse, worse and worse. And um, I took, uh, I think the first, hmm, I would say it would probably be about the first two years of my drinking was not, or my, my heavy drinking, my alcoholic drinking was not, um, terribly bad you know and you wouldn't have maybe at the surface level realized it but I would I look at now like sneak drinks sometimes and just drink when I wouldn't wasn't supposed to because it'd be that'd add a little more fun a little more challenge to the game and also would actually make it seem worth playing that's um, what it was doing um, so after that, you know, the, those two years, then the three years preceding heavy, um, I got involved with another girlfriend. Um, we ended up living together. And we were both just a mess. Like, I was obviously a, an alcoholic to the maximum, and she'll... Uh, She'll 
give the uh, second <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Um, but she she wasn't in the best place either, you know. She so we both brought each other way way down and made each other worse. We both both had that same kind of gene of uh of like not put that depression and two people together like that are i don't think are are good um in the end because you don't have enough to balance each other out if you're too similar like that and you know it just it's like a it's like a hurricane meeting a, or it's like a i guess a tornado meeting a a raging firestorm it's just throws it all in the air and fucks everything up and uh, so yeah um, that was probably you know the worst we were together for a year and a half or so year year and a half it's all pr- pretty fuzzy I mean there was good times and <laughs> a lot of bad times but um that was you know probably my rock bottom. Um, I was working with this this uh, production studio at the time for a couple of years. Um, got to the point where I was renting out a studio space from him or from that studio or label, and um, you know they kind of saw my demise as well. They saw me getting worse and worse. I ended up actually getting um, um, kicked out of that um and so you know that's that was a big big blow to me too because that was kind of like my spot but you know i i did fuck up i uh i used the um the sacred space for unsacred acts um in in all sense of that like i mean i just didn't respect like anyone's uh anyone else really in that in that place ultimately because i didn't and didn't respect myself, so I didn't. Why would I care to respect other people, or even realize that I not? I think that was it. I just didn't realize I wasn't. I was like, oh, I have an opportunity to do something for myself, so fuck this. Like I'll do it for myself. I spent so much time, uh, kind of not, not doing that. So this was my way of getting back, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, just got worse through that. I mean, had a horrible, horrible breakup. Um, and then kind of a few stints afterwards. And then pretty much since I got sober, I haven't really talked to her. Um, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, all that kind of combined, um, you know, after that was I, all I did was just slam, slam drinks. Um, all I did was drink alcohol for that whole time. Um, got to the point where before I was going to rehab, I was drinking at least a fifth of, um, of whiskey a day. And for those of you who don't know, 750 milliliters is a fifth. And that's the normal big bottle that you see um, at the store. 
Oh, why am I explaining that to anybody that's here right now? Um, and yeah, um, I drink at least, at least, that was on a chill day. That was a day I didn't go anywhere, do anything. It's my day off. Just, um, I would drink a lot if I was going to um, go out. So I would drink my normalness, my normal stuff, and then usually we'd go pregame at whoever's house, and then then we go out and drink more. So I, like I would pre, I would be pregaming for the pregame. Um, so essentially, I I was getting I was getting fucked up just so I could get fucked up. Um, that's how deep I was at the time, and. Um, the last kind of like six months of, of me, you know, drinking and stuff like that. Um, I had kind of cut off communications with my, um, with my, with my parents and my family. I just kind of cut everyone off because of how ashamed I was and what I had come and had like fucked up my car too. And I was supposed to drive down. So I just like bailed and just was too ashamed to explain or even come up with a reason why. And, um, you know, that's out of all this, you know, all the re- regrets I could have had, um, which don't really have much. It's it's this one, um, you know, putting my my family, my parents, my sister through um, that time where I would just ignore them. Um, you know, luckily they were able to check in with um, people around me. And um, talk to them because they they didn't know they were they didn't know what was happening, and I didn't want them to know what was happening, um, but I was going through it, and um, so yeah, I just kind of like just cut them off. I gave up on caring and just drinking drinking away today just because I needed to get to tomorrow. Um, So, yeah. Got to that that point where I just kind of... um, I don't know, I gave up. I had a couple of... uh, A couple of people actually talked to me about it. Um, a couple of people that I lived with at the time, they they were um, very supportive and helpful in my journey, journey back. Um, you know, like, uh, Blake, you know, I was an instrumental part in uh, my recovery. Um, one getting helping me realize I needed to get to rehab. And just, you know, taking the, the brunt of that shit from my parents and, and, and handling it, man, it's crazy. Um, um, Justin, Jaylene, um, shout out to you. Shout out to Riley, you guys too. Um, I remember I would talk to you about it. Um, Justin specifically about like how much I would drink and you'd be like fuck bro you get help and 
So you were always super helpful and supportive. Um, you know, after I got sober, um, you know, it was a few couple months. It was about three months I lived there after, you know, still before I moved down. And you saw that beginning of that transformation, man. So, um, you know, I appreciate both of you, all three of y'all. Um, couldn't have done it, like, on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, that shit, y'all were real um, in there. So thank you. Um, but that combined with those people, you know, with my immediate day-to-day, -day, combined with a couple people that, you know, I've been very long, are very good friends with for a long time, but just, you know, don't talk to all the time. Um, those kind of people were super worried about me too because they kind of knew something was up. Um, yeah, so I just got... They have this saying, this adage, like, uh, addicts and alcoholics either get sick of it or they die. And um, fortunately for me, I got sick of it, and still here. Um, but yeah, I kind of hit that moment. I hit my rock bottom where, um, and people see, you know, uh, I, I used to think of rock bottom as this as well. But I think people think rock bottom is um, a negative thing, but ultimately it's a positive thing because it's where you got your feet on the ground, and pushed yourself forward. Um, so. That's where I hit kind of rock bottom, and that night I, on uh, uh, I don't remember what night I called, but I called my parents that night and just started crying, told them I was sorry and what was going on, and couldn't stop drinking, and you know, all that basically coming coming out as an alcoholic, like, so to speak, and um, using that like. Using that, it's like a, you know, cry for help, telling them what was going on and how fucked up I was about it and, you know, all that. So, um, and they were awesome about it. They've been so helpful ever since. Um, and, you know, things are, things have been amazing ever since. Um, but, yeah, I think about the amount of times I was just on the daily, just plastered for everything. I was always drunk, I was always fucked up, I was always high. Just didn't care. Didn't want to feel. Didn't didn't matter to me. You know, I didn't want to do anything that disrupted that. So, anyways. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got to where where I needed to break, or to where I did break. I just, there's a lot of things I think that um, were internal um, with me. A lot of mental health things that I had never taken care of before and realized that I had an issue. Um, so I was building up all these crazy, crazy stories in my head um, for the longest time. And that's what, you know, led me down there, down that path.
So I do have, um, you know, going through rehab and stuff, I got working with the clinician there, got diagnosed with um, anxiety um, and uh, bipolar de- bipolar depression, um, which I do take medication for both now, and um, they work amazing, like, shit's fantastic. So, um that was, you know, the basis of, like, my addiction was very, very much mental health, which a lot of it is for most people. Anybody that's gone through trauma or anyone that has, like, any sort of chemical imbalance that they're not aware of, you know, I think they think they're, they feel normal, but you don't. You don't, you're not, you're not operating to your body's, you know, people say normal, but what I mean by that is, like, your body's not operating to its optimal um, efficiency and if, if you're not doing that how can you you can't really analyze the changes and stuff in you and see where those go reason I was able to is because I basically started over I'm basically like a nine and a half month old uh, kid baby but um, you know emotionally it's accelerated but I feel very like new to like dealing with this stuff because I kind of am. I've dealt I dealt with it in other ways by drinking it away or doing whatever. Um, so that wasn't like yeah, this wasn't um any healthy sort of way that I dealt with it. Um, but yeah, now I've kind of am. I'm in a, in a spot where I can just um, be be present and be there, and, and now I know that like it does take work to it does take work to be happy. Um, as fun, ironic as that sounds, you think you're like, oh, everything's great, it's gonna be happy. No, you're gonna figure out something to complain about, or you're gonna get bored and you're gonna get restless, and it's just human nature. So um, as long as you recognize that about yourself and um, you know, just give give yourself what you're looking for. Um, just give yourself a chance. Also, that was another big reason I wanted to um, go to rehab. Was I was actually doing well at work too. Um, besides my emotional and mental breakdown, I was, I was financially secured, doing well, excelling at work, um, with a management future. Looming in the horizon, um, so I realized I couldn't imagine how I could, how well I could do if I was not preoccupied with this whole other fucking thing. And yeah, that's kind of all how I got to where I am. So. Um, so that's kind of how I got there. Um, I guess that's a really detailed one. I don't know how long this was, but it was long. If anybody is still listening right now, at this very moment, then I will Venmo you $5 to the first one. And you have to put in the comments, $5 this moment 
put it in the comments. Send me your Venmo, and I'll send it to you. But anyways, thanks for letting me babble on about that. It's kind of cool. I thought of some stuff I haven't really thought about in a while, and helps me analyze. With these, I don't even listen to these. I just rant. I just rant, and then go in on whatever. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. I don't care. Sometimes there's noises in the background. I don't care. Fuck with me, though. So, anyways, um, yep, thanks, everybody. This was episode three, um, Alcoholics Unanimous. Once again, I'm Josh, and I'm an alcoholic. Alrighty, have a good one.